up, everybody? How you doing? This is uh, episode four of Life Goals with D and P. Uh, this is P, Dan. Well, go ahead and just... Uh, uh, something's been weighing on me. Really? What if... What if my passion has been under my nose this entire time right in front of me? Well, you have a big nose, so that could make sense. I, I agree. It's a large nose. It could, I could just be missing it. Really? You could... Okay, well, what, what is it? <sighs> I, I was thinking about it. What if I'm meant to be a fantastic actor? Like Christian Bale? Like Christian Bale, like like a like Nick Cage. Oh my God, Dan! I mean, I would love that. You would have a lot of money, and you'd be really famous, and that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'd like to be friends with you. Yeah, you're right. So, so what do you want to do? I think that I brought some scripts with me today. Um, I think we should read through the scripts. Okay. This first script I bought is from the prestige film uh, Step Brothers, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Of I've actually course. never seen it, but, You've I, never seen but it I know it's really good. Okay, good. You should definitely see it. Um, I highly recommend to you and anybody Wait, listening. so what are we doing? Oh, you're handing me a script now. What? Yeah, so you're going to be... You want to be Brennan? I'll be Dale. You'll be, you want to be Brennan? Sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so the scene is Dale... And what are we doing? We're, we're gonna Dale and Brennan... Yeah, we're just going to read off the script. Okay. Dale and Brennan are laying in, uh, laying in bed, um, and, they're, and they're talking. It's nighttime. Okay. I'm Dale. Will's Brennan. All right. You awake? Yeah. I just want you to know that I hate you, and so does my dad. Well, that's fine, because guess what? I hate you too, and this house sucks ass. Well, the only reason you're living here is because me and my dad decided that your mom was really hot. Maybe we should just both bang her, and we'll put up with the retard in the meantime. Who's the retard? You! Hey, y'all, don't say that! Shut up. Wake up my dad and get me grounded. Just shut up! You and your mom are hillbillies. This is a house of learned doctors. You're not a doctor. You're a big, fat, curly-headed fuck. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm a curly-headed fuck? Yeah. You better not go to sleep, because as soon as you shut your eyes, I'm going to punch you square in the face. I even stay still when you sleep, because I'm going to put you a rat trap between your legs. I'm going to take a pillowcase and fill it full of bars of soap and beat the shit out of you. All right, well, that was fun. That was a fun acting exercise. Well, how do you feel about that? I didn't realize I was going to yell at you. <laughs> That's yeah, well, terrible. I'm sorry, Dan. It's all good. I, I enjoyed it. That was a good exercise. Uh, Dan, you... I, I realized I kind of... I kind of got like a, a southern drawl by the end. You did, yeah. And that's good. And your acting was... I don't know. Pretty bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do another I, one. I, I think that the problem with that one is it wasn't a... Um, it was just somebody whispering. It wasn't as... I couldn't really get it. You know, there was nothing could, to... There was nothing to explore with the character. Right. You couldn't show off your chops. In this next scene I've brought, um, it's from another film similar to Step Brothers, Talladega Nice, in which the main oh, character... Oh, I love that movie. The main character, Ricky Bob... Ricky Bobby. He uh, meets the main... Um, Villain. Villain of this film. Yeah, Jean Girard. Yes, played by Sacha Baron Cohen. Jean Girard. All right, so you're going to be Sacha Baron Cohen and I'll, I'll be Will be, Ferrell. I'll be playing Jean Girard, um, and I have a great French accent, so there's no way this can't go well. Okay, perfect. I'll be Ricky Bobby then. Yes, indeed. All right, and scene. What is that? Someone made a tape of something dying or something. Hey, hey, turn that crap off. What's going on? I want this music out of my head. Hey, hey, turn that off. Turn that off right now. Uh, why did you stop the jazz music? Was it uh, not pleasant for you? 
No one plays jazz here at the pit stop, okay? So why is this song in the Duke box? We keep it there for profiling purposes. We also got the Pet Boys and Seals. Well, uh, my name is Jean Gerard, and I am a racing car driver, uh, just like you. Except I am from Formula Un. I am the greatest one in the whole world. I have been following your career with great interest, Monsieur Bobby. I can't understand a word you've said the whole time. Did you eat peanut butter or something? You sound like a dog with peanut butter on the roof of your mouth. I think what you're saying is my accent, my friend. I am French. You say you're French? Oui. We? No, we are not French. We're American. Because you're in America, okay? Greatest country on the planet. Well, what have you given the world apart from George Bush, Chilios, and the Thai Master? Chinese food? Chinese food? That's, that's from China. Pizza? Italy? Chimichanga? Mexican. Really, smarty pants? What did Frenchland give us? We invented democracy, existentialism, and the blue job. Those are three pretty good things. Hey, well, that last one's pretty cool. You know, the 69 with the head near the that bit? We came up with it. We created the missionary position. You're welcome. Licky Bubby, I have come here to defeat you. Oh, well, there's strikes two and three right there. Did you hear what he just said? Well, welcome to America, amigo. <laughs> you are fast, Licky Bubby. But I am faster. All right, you let go of me, you Formula One jazz nut job. Like the frightened baby chipmunk, you are scared by anything that is different from you. I will let you go, Ricky. But first, I want you to say, I love crepes. Don't you say it, Ricky. Those colors don't run. I'm not going to say it. I thought that was fun as well. What did you, how did you think about that one? Well, I didn't like playing the races. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that yeah. very much. Well, I mean, we well, that's say retard in the first one. Times have you're changed. Right. You're right. Yeah, these movies are pretty crazy. Dan, I'm going to be honest. Your acting chops, like, they're pretty good. But I don't know if <laughs> that's you don't the think, future. You don't think that there's an end goal in there for me? No, not really. No. No. This was a good segment, though. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad you, you showed yourself to the world. Maybe we can do a poll. Listeners, DM Dan if mm -hmm. you think he should be an actor. Yeah. Just send him a DM. Uh-huh. He's uh, at Dan underscore has underscore freckles underscore 25. This is actually a fun fact. I was going through my uh, yearbook the other day, and um, um, this girl put, said in my yearbook, and she's a model now. She's very, she's like very pretty. She said that, uh, oh, that she always, yeah, I know, I know. She said that I, I always should have been an actor, and I found that me and our good friend Ryan were going through a yearbook. Oh, wow, so that, did that inspire you to do this? That, well, that kind of, yeah, that kind of wow. gave me the idea. Dude, between, behind every great actor, Dan, yes. is a beautiful woman. Wow. wow. All right, let's get to the uh, interview. So today we've got our friend Connor Tinsley yes, indeed. on. He is an he's one of our best friends, mm -hmm. honestly. Like yeah, this the happiest one. one of the happiest times for me is when I'm hanging out with Dan, Travis, and Connor. Mm -hmm. And so this episode's gonna be really great. I'm really excited for you to hear yes, and indeed. learn from Mr. Connor Tinsley himself. Talk with Con, huh? It is. It's just going to be a talk with Con. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Hi, hey, Con. <laughs> hey, Con. Oh, oh, hey, guys. What's <laughs> up? Good. Con, how are you? How have you been? Doing pretty well. Uh -huh. um, you know, had a good summer yep. with uh, 
everything going on, mm-hmm. all things considered. It's yeah. been a good time. Yep, you've been spending a lot of that time with uh, your girlfriend, is that correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's nice. Maddie, she, she's a big fan of the podcast, too. So. I, I, I knew, yeah, I heard uh, that. We love big fans of the podcast, so it, we love Maddie. For those of you that don't remember, Travis felt really bad about, what did he do to Maddie again? Well, no, Maddie no. called him Steve Carell for yes. dinner for schmucks. Yes, and then Travis felt bad for saying that on the podcast, even though he was making him feel bad originally. Travis's mind is and, a... Uh, and, you know, just with all the feeling bad, Maddie felt terrible. <laughs> she, she heard Travis's feelings, so. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I recall that as well. Oh, God, I love Travis. So, yeah, um, what are you, like, what have you been up to? Like, how have you been faring in the, in the quarantine and all this odd weather due to the fires? Yeah, um, you know, I've been using the fires as a great excuse to not work out at all, mm-hmm. um, along with COVID. Um, nice. I... I just finished up a remote internship this past uh, this past week. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that go? Did it end up all right? Yeah, it went pretty well. Um, I finished uh, one project. I thought I'd get more done, but it's pretty tough learning curve. Just trying to do things yeah. all remotely. Uh-huh. Um, oh yes, I, oh, I can't yeah. even imagine. Dan and I work DoorDash um, <laughs> instead of a remote internship. So, uh, so not not to make you feel bad, cause. <laughs> We, uh, we're we get, at a higher caliber. Yeah, you guys are our first responders, no, well, keep, keeping the essential service open. Yeah, oh, we're, we're, we're freaking heroes, man. Uh, people actually yelled out that. Did, any, did you ever get that? No, I got I've people, never gotten it. For a while there at the beginning of corona, or the quarantine, people were like leaning out their windows and being like, hey, man, you're a hero. <laughs> and I'm like, I literally, I'm, I just want $30 from driving for 15 minutes. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy. I'm not yeah, hardly a hero. You're, you're a you're a hero. Oh, thanks, man. You're a hero, too. Yeah, you're welcome. Con, what, are you, what were you doing in your job again? You were... I, I remember... <laughs> I don't remember that much about it. I remember it had to do with tech. Yeah, well, on LinkedIn, I was a uh, full-stack software engineering intern. Oh, yes, sir. So, full-stack. Um, yeah, wrote some server code. Uh, basically monitor um, the s- computers that the company puts out. And okay send a CPU usage to a central orchestrator, they call it, right, and right. basically just monitor, see if like the CPU is being overworked, if they need to upgrade their computer or something. Mm-hmm. That's sick. That's like, it sounds kind of IT. A little bit, yeah. It's kind of a <laughs> debugging tool. Yeah, yeah that's hella dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of code. Is there coding in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all entirely. Coding. Yeah, that's what, was, that's what I thought. Yeah, You're... Dan was once a CS major. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> that was the worst time of my life. Yeah, I also hated doing computer science. Yeah. Stanford, everyone has to do it. It's just the way it goes. So. Indeed. So, Con, we recently had a fantasy football draft. We did. That was sick. That's for in our uh, in our fantasy football league quest for the Aussie, where we try and win the Aussie every year. Yeah, what's the Aussie? doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't think it matters It's a either. trophy. It's a trophy. It's a trophy, and I've won the Aussie twice. Mm-hmm. Best I've ever felt in my life is when I win the Aussie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the Shiva in the league. It's like, yeah, it's like the Shiva, but it's the Aussie. What's the word I'm looking for? It was... Shiva, Kamini, Sosa, Kandal, Kram. Well, I mean, that's obviously <laughs> the, the goal. <laughs> but what, uh, it was... Conceived. What? Uh, this is such Dan, a simple Dan, word. it's okay. okay, guys. We'll let Dan think about it. Connor, let me ask you: How excited are you about your fantasy football team? Uh, I'm. I'm pretty freaking psyched. Um, 
You know, I'm actually a defending champ. The, the word was so. influence. The word was influence. <laughs> you can't think of influence. I know, it was such a simple word. All right, go ahead. Sorry. So anyway, I'm, I'm still riding that high for the oh, rest yeah, of Connor's the season. Connor's the reigning champion. Yeah. yeah, Connor wins like every other year. I've got probably uh, got the two best players on the best-named football team in the league, mm-hmm. football team. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, there's a lot to look forward to. They're Kim on, Gibson and McLaurin. They're on the, the boys. team. They're on the team. Yeah. So I actually I wanted to ask you something about fantasy football. In that draft, we had our draft last night. Yeah. Or we, two nights. We ago. already said that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, this guy in our league, Simon, he uh, he thought it was a two quarterback league. So he drafted Patrick Mahomes and then Lamar Jackson as his first two as picks. his first two picks. Yes. And he quickly realized that he doesn't need both Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. So he's been trying to trade Lamar Jackson. Or and Pat, either or Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. the draft. Connor, I heard you were one of the first bidders for and one of these players. Like you, you were one of the first guys to approach Simon. You know, actually, and I heard it was a pretty mouthwatering trade. Yeah, Simon actually approached me. Yes. Um, the the first offer I think was just Alvin Kamara for um, J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. and Patrick. Or, yeah, and Patrick Mahomes or something like that. That's a pretty good appetizer. And I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna give up that. my number one running back. Yeah, that's just stupid. Um, so Simon escalated from there, offering <laughs> his entire bench, um, including Lamar Jackson, for my entire starting lineup. Which <laughs> I had to I had to think about that, that was a- because it it even included both defenses. Yeah. So. Um, you know, that that would have been a big roster move, but... Um, and here's the kicker, I think. The kicker is that I denied that trade and offered him Young Ho Koo. <laughs> there we go. For uh, Lamar Jackson, straight up. And did he accept Young Ho Koo for Lamar Jackson? Like an idiot, he declined. <laughs> you know, knowing Simon, I would have thought he would have loved to have a Young Ho. Uh, Was that well, funny? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Will, if you were in that situation, would you have taken the Young Ho? No. Okay. No, I, I don't like that. I wouldn't have either. For those of you who don't know, Young Hoku is a kicker. On the yes. Atlanta Falcons, yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's nice. kind of a legend. He was on the Chargers and he was really bad. And then he went to the Falcons and he became actually quite good. He's got a pretty good leg, but he's no Lamar Jackson. That's that's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do think he's going to kick way more field goals than Lamar Jackson this season, though. Yeah. So <clears throat> I wouldn't count on him. He lost the trade. <laughs> hey Dan, I think you have a, like a pretty important I do, question yeah. to ask Connor. Yeah, um, Connor. So a lot of you know a lot of ad- adaptation has been going on through this quarantine. Um, a lot of you know transitions for people. Uh, I-, I noticed that we were hanging out like a month and a half, maybe two. I know, probably a month and a half ago. Um, and you showed up, and uh, all of your hair had fallen off. Yeah, I- I'm just wondering, did you lose that somewhere, or did where did it where did it go? I have actually been asking myself the same thing, um, but it's saved me a lot of money in uh, shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I was just kind of tired of not being able to cut my hair, and mm-hmm. it was just way way too long and yeah. gross. And so yeah. I just kind of I took my mustache trimmer and just shaved it all off. Mm-hmm. Shaved his hair off like a mustache. I think it looks really sick, to be honest. I yeah, remember the first time you came over, I was like, good God, that's logic it looks in the really flesh. Good. And I mean that in like a really good way. Like, it looks sick. Yeah, well, you don't even like logic. <laughs> no, but he looks sick. That's the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, Connor, 
Has your life changed at all from doing this? Have you has you noticed any significant transition in your life since uh, making the change to I don't know? Well, to be completely honest, like in, and give you a real answer, like I just spend a lot less time like worrying about my hair. Yeah, I like, like that. I it looks the same a hundred percent of the time. Yes, it I does. could have just finished a workout. I could have just slept for twelve hours, mm -hmm. and like I don't get bedhead, doesn't get greasy, so it's kind of nice just not having to worry about that when I look in the mirror. It also looks really good with facial hair, and you have good facial hair as well. Oh, thanks, Dan. Yeah, we're just loading on compliments here. Well, I, I one thing you do have to worry about though is uh, sunburns. I did oh, boy. get just the worst sunburn. Russ going to Tahoe. <laughs> yeah, my dad, who is a bald man, and He's out and proud. Everybody knows it. Um, he that's that's one of the main things. He uh, he, he loves wearing hats because his hat his head gets very very sunburned if he doesn't wear hats. Oh yeah, I've never seen him wear a hat. Oh, I mean like working out, he'll always wear hats. Oh, like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I don't I don't work out with Russ. You should. <laughs> he's a limber man. I'm sure he's super limber. <laughs> All right, great. So Dan has another has a, a very serious question. Yeah, because like last the like. In the first three episodes, we've touched on some pretty, like, difficult, touchy subjects. Yeah, like, we've gone into com some controversial stuff. What with, um, uh, in Rashav's, we talked about how he, he de he's been dealing with being a minority in America in this kind of new time. Um, and, uh, with, <laughs> with Luke, we, uh, briefly touched on Aleppo. Uh, so I was just wondering, to you, Con, what do you think about Tory Lane shooting Megan Stallion in the leg? God. <laughs> I was so upset <laughs> um, because like, and, and the thing is like when someone does something really stupid like that, <laughs> you wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's just no good answer for why she probably wouldn't let him hit. But <laughs> if I was a literal stallion like Megan, like I wouldn't let a five, three, like <laughs> guy like Tory Lanez hit. And, and I didn't realize he was so short, but I looked at his Instagram after that, and I was like, holy shit, there are no pictures of him standing next to another person. This awesome. guy is actually Dang. five foot three inches. He's like 42 um, Doug. But yeah, like it's, it's kind of weird because I really like listening to his music, and now I just have that weird feeling when yeah. I'm listening. It's like... Can, can you separate a person's yeah. actions from their art? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of musicians and artists that have done some pretty fucked up stuff yeah and seriously it's like do you continue to listen to their music like are they canceled it's it's a good question but so i, I mean for me I with that like i was in the top one percent of all xxx tentacion listeners because oh, in high school i would listen to that one album like all the time so it helped me fall asleep mm -hmm. So you wonder where my mental state was at <laughs> oh at that time. But now it's like, I can't even bear to listen to it. Because, like, the guy just sucked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was such a terrible dude. Yeah. And did you see Tori Lanez's apology? It was literally just, I'm sorry I was drunk. Like, that was the whole apology. That's all yeah. he said. And he yeah. was oh, driving a car, yeah. too, which mm -hmm. makes it worse. Oh, God. Like, fantastic. He was, he was on the rise, too. Oh, he, yeah. Like, yeah. he had just separated from his label. I remember you telling me about that. And he oh, was right. going ham on... IG Live, like yeah, it was oh, the IG Live that was hilarious. The milk, yeah, <laughs> strawberry milk. Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Tory Lanez, he had all these Instagram lives where he would get women on with him, like two two accounts side by side. I 
my parents are listening to this. That's the only reason why I'm explaining that part. Um, they're side by side, and basically, Russ Tory doesn't Lane's, watch Tory Lanez. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sure he would enjoy it though. You'll probably look it up after this. Um, no, it's just Tory Lanez was one of them, and he was just going ham, drinking, and just getting. He, he always had a joint. Or a, or a, was it a joint or a blunt? It was a blunt. It was a blunt. Sure. Yeah, he had a blunt, and he was just constantly had like a handle of Hennessy in his hand, and he and uh, he was just prompting these girls to just get on Instagram Live and pour milk on their butts while twerking. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a that's a great life. He's really contributing to society. And then one girl pulled out the strawberry milk, and he just lost his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and the 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 camera was always so close to his face. Yeah. He'd get huge eyes every single time exactly. a girl came on and just went, wow. He couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, every time. <laughs> you gotta it. you gotta love that childlike wonder and amazement. <laughs> yeah. Dan, when do you get the childlike wonder? Every time I hear Tori Lanez's voice. No, I don't know. Um, okay. Tom, what, what, what about you? Um... <laughs> This is actually a really hard question. Yeah, I, 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 that was only. A, I don't know. I have no idea. For me, it's uh, in Tahoe when you're mm. when you're in the water and the sun's setting over the mountains. Oh, oh yeah, that's like a big wide-eyed like I'm a child again. Oh yeah, place. Yeah, seeing seeing something really beautiful in nature and just being like, like wow, this life is just insane. Like, yeah, the fact oh. that these trees evolved and you know there's there's these beautiful scenes and mm-hmm. you know we've been able to appreciate them and like oh really take it all in. We've been pretty fortunate, yes. No, we've yeah. got good brains. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, we, awesome. Yeah, we've got good brains. We've got good brains. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, so, okay, Con, let's get into the uh, Wagyu beef of this uh, interview. Wow. Um, what are your dreams and aspirations? I knew this question would be coming, and I, I'm not entirely sure how to answer it because I don't, I don't know if I really have any huge dreams, aspirations, goals, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I also think that's sort of okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, you know, what kind of led to that is in college, I, uh, I, I had a really rough time. Mm-hmm. I, I was really depressed and, um, honestly borderline suicidal. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, a kind of underlying thing with that was because, I didn't really see any meaning to life. Like I, right. I just saw it as all these negative, negative things. And you're just sort of enduring this painful existence. And I just yeah. sort of wanted out. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've come to like learn a lot more about myself and mm-hmm. understand my emotions and how to respond to them. And I think like what, what's kind of risen out of that. And like, I don't, I still don't think, there's some sort of hard and fast concrete meaning to life. Right. Um, it's, it's really subjective to each person, but, um, I think I've also just gained a like appreciation for life and like, that's awesome. even if it that's doesn't really have cool. any meaning, I just want to sort of take it all in, live in the moment and, right. you know, just do my thing. Like, so instead of having your own meaning, you don't need that. You can just have something that you can appreciate. Yeah. And that's part of what makes life beautiful and awesome is that there are things that we can appreciate. Yeah. You can appreciate pretty much everything. I mean, appreciate the negative experiences because that's what makes the positive experiences positive. Right. There, there isn't any, there isn't anything worthwhile in life without things that are going to be a little bit of suffering in some sort of way. Definitely. Um, 
So was there I, anything kind of particularly that brought uh, that realization on? Because when Rashav, he said that he kind of real through finding relationships, he found more happiness than he could, you know, than he did in high school. Was there anything kind of like that, or was it kind of just all I don't know? Any more specific part of your life that kind of brought you out of the out of the slump? Yeah, I mean, I think it was de it definitely came down to finding genuine friendships mm -hmm. and yeah, like appreciating the people around me and you know seeing, um, like I I think interpersonal relationships that's that's the most important part of yeah. my life. Mm -hmm. um, definitely, and you know I I. I needed a lot of like, I needed to sort of hit rock bottom where I was just really, really unhappy to sort of see like, all right, I'm going to start pulling myself out of this and, yeah. you know, putting in effort into things that I didn't necessarily want to do. And like, at the end of the day, rewarding myself by, you know, just talking with my friends, hanging out with my friends yeah. and like, they helped me lift myself up out of that. So, nice. yeah. um, I definitely mm -hmm. think that's the most valuable thing and, you know, spending great great times with friends making great memories that's oh, yeah. that's what i look back on and see as like the best parts of my life what makes it worth living mm -hmm. well i mean to me that's just absolutely beautiful mm -hmm. um and i just want to say like real briefly like thank you for being so brave and open yes to indeed. say all this stuff like that's of course like that that makes it exceptionally powerful mm -hmm. when like someone's able to like say okay i went through this it was super difficult and but this is what i learned and this is how i grew from it that's what's super beneficial for everybody. Like, at least for me, just hearing that makes me feel a lot better about stuff that I'm doing. So, yeah. And Con, I know, I know just specific to your situation, you were, you were the uh, frat president and I'm sure just dropping that title was a huge weight off your shoulders. Yeah. I mean, that title comes with a lot of stress because you're, you're basically, it's like running a company, but instead of paying your employees, they're paying you mm -hmm. and right. you're trying to get them to do all these things that like they don't want to do. Like they're <laughs> attending this national convention, which yeah, is just oh a God. bunch of bull crap. Um, I, I fucking hate, I hate like organizations of fraternities, the nationals. Yeah. Like IFC is a <laughs> poorly run organization, but I mean, the reason that I did that in the first place was because I really, really care about the guys in my chapter in my fraternity, yeah. and they've been some of the best friends I've ever had in my life, and mm -hmm. I wanted to get back to them in some way. And mm -hmm. so I actually, I was the most stressed, like, my first two quarters of that, because I was a little bit unprepared, and mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure how to sort out my values with what was expected yeah. of me in the job, yeah, um, yeah. but... Um, that like summer of my sophomore year, um, I the the responsibilities kind of relaxed a little bit. Um, I figured out better that I couldn't just shoulder all those burdens on my own. Okay, and um, that's a huge thing to realize. And I I just focused on what what made me love my fraternity in the first place, which was just having great friends in there. Yeah. and and so that made the last quarter of it. Um, a lot easier. Uh, I definitely was a lot happier and um, like a much, much healthier person mentally uh, nice. after that. What's the best? So that, so that was just another transformative thing, you know, where it's like, yeah, it, it was a slog for two quarters, but it, it, it helped you gain 
that new mindset of the job and that made it a positive experience. Oh yeah. I think that that switch in mindset is something that's really hard mm-hmm. for people to find, but when they do find it, it's like the heavens open up. Yeah, that's true. And life like really gets better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so you really want, you focus more on like the appreciation of life, which I think is beautiful and awesome. How would that impact like where you see yourself in 20 years? Because if you don't really have that sort of set goal or um, dream or aspiration, like can you visualize where you're going to be in 20 years? Um, I have a few ideas, but mm-hmm. I think part of part of it is I've, I've tried to keep a lot of my options open. So right. I was doing computer science for the first two years, mainly just because I wanted to make a, a lot of money coming yeah. out of college. Yeah. Um, and I, I sort of like computer science and I still like some aspects of it, but um, I sort of figured out like, I'm not enjoying most of my classes in computer science, like especially the nitty gritty, low level technical stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to learn about it. So part of what really helped me that summer was I switched my major to cognitive science. Nice. So it's still a lot of comp sci, but I'm also learning about psychology Mm -hmm. and doing some philosophy stuff. And um, that's been way more enjoyable for me to learn about. And so I think, I think I, the broad category of something that I'd like to do in 20 years is um, human-computer interaction. Mm. Um, That's so cool. That's like honestly the future of the world. Yeah, and and, I mean, there's so many ways you can go about that. Um, I really think that mental health is going to be something that's going to be really important in the the coming 20 years. Definitely. Because you you see like so much on social media and you know, you have better resources to connect with people than ever, than ever before, but there's also way higher instances of depression and anxiety yeah, and yeah. Um, among like teens and young adults, um, it's, it's something huge. And so, you know, if you can sort of utilize technology to help people understand their own mental health, like mm-hmm. I think that would be um, really an ideal uh, situation for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some, somewhere between the interaction of humans and technology, I think, um, that's what I'd love to see myself do. I mean, that's awesome. Just from like a third party perspective, that seems like a job that would have immense meaning for you because Mm -hmm. you're going to be helping people who might've gone, who might currently be going through something that you experienced in your life too. And like, I don't know, in, from my experience, I'm at my most happy when I can help someone who I see struggling with something that I already went through. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just so rewarding and that can give life meaning. So yeah, yeah that's, that's really awesome. Something else I want to talk about was like with the social media thing and you bring up a good point that like it makes the, the possibility of connection so much easier, but at the same time, like if you're not doing it and engaging in it, then it can make you feel even more lonely than if it didn't exist in the first place. And so like one of the tough things with social media that goes along with that is like, there are almost these like unwritten rules of social media that like you have to post a certain way or you have to have a caption a certain way. And I think that might just be, I assume it's universal, but it also might just be sort of a thing of growing up in Los Gatos. Yeah. Where there's like an expectation that like the coolest people post like this. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're not doing that, people will, you know, make fun of you or something. Yeah. But like those sort of those unwritten rules, like just add so much stress on 
to just human connection, literally. Yeah. And that stress alone can be incredibly isolating for people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of interesting studies on this. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest ways social media is used negatively is when you're comparing yourself to other people yeah, definitely. and, you know, measuring your own worth as like a social media profile and how many likes you have and yeah. how many followers you have. Mm -hmm. Whereas there can actually be positive aspects to it is if you're, if you're posting things that are meaningful to you and like you're, you're sort of like, you see it as like updating others on your life that can actually foster self-confidence and oh, give yourself a better image of yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it, it becomes, um, it's something that's sort of a catch 22. Right. It's like the th the ways that you can be like beneficial can also be negative. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it just comes down to the individual person and you kind of have to yeah. ask yourself, am I using social media in a healthy way? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, one thing that could be cool is they could do class like social media classes for like sixth graders. Oh. Cause you know, like kids are getting phones when they're 10 years old now. So there could be a class in school where it's literally like, here's how to effectively use social media. Oh. And that could potentially help kids. It could also be a disaster and like kids would just roast it. Yeah, that but, would yeah. turn into just like how to be an influencer, I think, right? No, no, no. I'm saying just how to use it healthily, like Connor was explaining. Yeah. I mean, I personally would have benefited a lot from that, I think. An entire class? I mean, it, it could be, you know, two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like it needs to be a year long study yeah. into social media, but yeah, 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 it could yeah. be something that's taught in schools. Yeah, I agree. Well, and that would be, I think, the bigger picture of that would be a class sort of about mental health you know you, right. you oh, teach, yeah. you yeah. teach yeah. these kids history science math i what else they you teach them physical education yeah. but you don't ever teach them anything about mental health yeah you know, how to help someone when they're feeling sad yeah. or how to help yourself when you're feeling sad right um you know you, you don't learn about really any real world things i mean that's that's kind of why people ask like when am I going to use this in the real world yeah. it's right, like right. all of school is so abstract and you're sort of left to learn social interaction and mm -hmm. you know your own mental health on your own which yeah. you know if we were going to totally reform education ideally it would have some sort of stuff about mental health and even like you know paying bills when you're old. yeah not like taxes yeah. yeah the yeah. tax stuff is just ridiculous this summer oh my god it was just an absolute mess for me Mm -hmm. I had to call the IRS so many times. Yeah, and my dad was getting, he, he got so mad. <laughs> we were just, I would go to his office and we would spend like an hour and a half trying to reach somebody. Oh my God. Yeah. So, Con, if anything does, particularly, what motivates you to do what you do? Um, I think that's a tough one because I think it depends on on the task, but usually... I, I feel really motivated to do something when either I feel like I'm going to become better from doing it mm -hmm. in some, in some capacity, like, you know, going to work out, I'm going to be healthier afterwards. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, focusing really heavily on a school assignment, I'm going to learn more mm -hmm. and I'm going to be more knowledgeable after that. Um, but I think also, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of motivated by like having a good time or like you know, doing some, or like, you know, bringing joy to other people. Mm -hmm. Like I've made some stupid rap songs for yeah. like, that are basically <laughs> an inside joke with the guys in my fraternity. And and they're not, they're not great, but I've, I've spent a lot of time on them. And the yeah. reason that I do that, like, A, I kind of enjoy it. Um, but B, like 
everybody likes to listen to them and yeah. like it's pretty funny so like mm-hmm. that just works now pretty well yeah that's that's good motivation definitely yeah so. yeah Dan, what motivates you? Well, that's the type of thing that I, I wish I had more of, um, making like you know goofy songs or something with friends. That, that's like the main thing I've been missing in college. Wait, Dan, what if the outro to this podcast is you making a funky, goofy song? I mean, eventually I'll make a goofy eventually. Song okay, on well, you might not be able to look forward to that in this episode. <laughs> Maybe though. We already you know. know Dan has a nice falsetto. <laughs> it's all right. I don't know if I'm gonna sing in it. I might just kind of talk <laughs> rhythmically. <laughs> yeah. Like Shakespeare? No, like... A, You're going to do well, iambic, yeah. iambic pentameter? Kind of like... Um, yeah. <laughs> iambic pent... That's not even how you say it. Do you guys remember learning that in uh, in high school? Yeah. Very briefly. I never understood. Like, I, it was one of those things where, like, you just memorize it and you get, like, a good grade because you just know what it all means. Yeah. I didn't actually know what it meant. Oh, I just yeah. knew the words that were associated. It was all, it was all vocabulary. Uh, no, yeah, I'll probably do some slam poetry at some point on here. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, be like poetry. 22 Jump Street? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping you guys would, that one of your poems that you read last episode would have been the one that was published in Elgato for me. I worked hard on that one. Oh, yeah! I forgot about that. And there wasn't there one about Rashab or was it just an article about Rashab? There was an article about Rashab and then you had a poem. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I remember it. it was, was it like uh, a dirty I old pool? Uh, it was, um, I believe, if I can remember it right, I'm sort of paraphrasing here. Uh, roller skate, roller skate, yes. roller skate. Uh-huh. I really like to roller skate. Yep. Roller skate, roller skate, roller skate. I really like to roller skate. Roller skate, roller skate, roller skate. Rollerblading is fun too. <laughs> that That's excellent. That's excellent. <laughs> it's fun too. Who allowed that, Connor? Uh, probably Danny Lyle. Yay! She'll be a later guest in the podcast. Yeah, she will. I remember in uh, freshman year English class, we were supposed to like write limericks, and um, <laughs> oh, hold on. this was. <laughs> This was pretty pretty messed up on my part. I have like heard this limerick for a long time. Good. And like I always knew it. And it's definitely not my own poem. <laughs> and it goes like this. There once was a man from Peru oh. who dreamt he was eating a shoe. Jesus. He woke up in the night and had a great fright and found out that his dream had come true. Oh. And I said that in English class and people were like, oh my God, like that's incredible. Like, did that's you write that? So... How old? How old were you? We were in, it was freshman year that's in high school. So and I was, people are so... yeah, they were like, wow, that's crazy. And Whoa. I was like, after five minutes of just me being sort of like, you know, like, like kind of embarrassed, like just quiet. I was like. Yeah, I did write that. <laughs> got that from SpongeBob, I think. Maybe. I have no, no idea where I got pillow. it. No, it was a pillow. Yeah. A man. Yes. Good. It was about a man who fell asleep eating a, or he dreamt he was eating a marshmallow and woke up and half his pillow was gone. That's cool. Yeah. Just wanted you to know. Okay. About the story. Okay. Uh huh. SpongeBob. Yeah, I I love SpongeBob, but I didn't know it. You know, I don't remember any of it now. Okay. Except for the pizza episode. <laughs> Good. Con, do you remember the pizza episode? Oh, yeah. Do you remember any of the yeah, songs? I used pizza? to ride these babies for miles. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Will, what's that in reference to? Uh, they were riding the pizza box. No, no, no. <laughs> no? They were riding something. They rode a rock. It was a rock. It was a rock. Yeah. <laughs> they rode a rock. <laughs> yep. I remember that because... Uh... Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not a rock. 
It's a boulder. It's a boulder, <laughs> yeah. That's really well done. The it. boulder! Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's a... No, wait, no. Wasn't it... Pe... It's not a pebble, it's a rock. It's not a pebble! <laughs> it's a rock! Oh, and he's crying. <laughs> it's a rock! A rock! <laughs> he's crying. Um, what is Squidward doing? Squidward was just unimpressed. I yeah. always remember that episode because I thought it was legit. Uh, is it legit? No, it's simply not. They were they came across a small rock, and half of the rock was covered in moss, and the other half wasn't. And SpongeBob was like, "Whichever half is, <laughs> whichever half is covered in moss, that's where people are." <laughs> and they went that direction. Well, that has like, to do with the sun, Dan. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what? That has nothing to do with people. Then. It's about Al yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They're making a commentary on like the sun. Moss grows on a certain side of a tree. Okay. Like algae in the ocean. So it's nothing to do with people. It's nothing to do with people. No, they were just trying to make a, a joke, like an adult uh, joke in a kid show. No, I knew that. I knew that that <laughs> wasn't real. I knew that if I came across a rock, oh, oh, I thought I was you covered in moss. <laughs> Civilization wasn't nearby. Oh, I thought you internalized SpongeBob. And I didn't. Oh my god, no, <laughs> no, it was just always ingrained in my brain. Yeah, I love SpongeBob. Con, do you do you uh, do you want us to include one of your rap songs in this, <laughs> or is it not relevant at I, all? I can't imagine it being relevant okay. at all. Here's a clip. Drinking out the bottle of this rye whiskey Got everybody feeling just a little frisky I respect your girl, so don't touch mine Or I'll have to kick you when the sun don't shine Sir, I understand that's your precious little daughter But she's making me grow like a motherfucking farmer And we're back. Colin, that was great. Oh, thanks, that, guys. That was a sick song. I like that a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. We actually... We don't even know which clip it is, but we were going to put it in anyway. Put it in yeah, what, yeah, what were your favorite lyrics in there? <laughs> uh, I liked it when uh, you talked about... I like about, when you talk about Patali Wino. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you talk about hot Dr. Pepper. <laughs> should write a song about that. Yeah, I should write a song about hot Dr. Hot Dr. Pepper. Nice. So now I just I just want to say, Con, before you leave... Um, Do you have any questions for us? Yeah, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be great. What's your what's okay? I'm I'm you know I'm looking to start a podcast myself oh, with hell yeah. uh, my roommates Brandon Benninger and um, oh, good God. this guy Justin Hatch. Um, I'm familiar with one of those guys. I think. Yeah, okay. yeah. You, you, I hope you are. Um, okay, so so in conclusion, um, what are you guys' top recommendations that I should have for my podcast? Well, I guess for me, um, your podcast cover art, your cover photo. It's got to make. Uh, it are you writing like... this down? You're writing this down. I'm, yes? I'm, I'm writing. This okay, down. Good. okay, good. Yeah, um, you got to make your cover photo look like you just attended a horse race. Just, yes, just attended. Or a that horse you're sitting race. down at a dinner uh, and you have a full menu uh, covering half of your body. That also works. Yeah, mm -hmm. half the body menu. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then the background of the cover art uh, has to be a sickly green color. Yeah. Sick green. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, yeah, and basically mine is um, just get Betty talking. Anything that Brandon Benninger has to say is sure to be solid gold. Um, I, I've always said that. You, you've said that as well, I believe, Will, yes? Never. No? No. Okay, uh, and, the third, <laughs> and the third advice that I have for you, um, if, you get, if you ever lose the conversation, um, it, you know, if it ever kind of slides from your hands and you don't know where it is, uh, try calling it. 
try calling it. All right, wonderful. All right. Well, thanks, Con. Thanks for having you. Thanks for great. Thanks for coming. It's been great. Bye. Yeah. Love you. Love you very much. Time. See ya. smoke man what are you what are you doing the smoke is so bad you know that you know that thing people do when they're upset also like what the they're inside man <laughs> i'm just looking out the window and boy oh boy that smoke is really gross oh jesus <sighs> yeah <laughs> so that interview was great one yeah. thing i noticed like remember in the interview again when uh we talked about how you don't really have a creative outlet for your creativity. Yep, no, I don't. You're right. You do in this podcast, but in general, you you don't. No, up in up in college, I haven't at all. That's kind of the main, yeah, you know, it's the main thing. Dang, that's mm -hmm. tough. What do you want to do about that? I I don't know, because what I used to, you know, what I used the way I used to be creative in high school is the prompts for the uh the like some of the assignments that we would be given. I could just go off of that. In college, it's just so much harder to you know make it comedic because that's mainly right you know any in, in english any english like kind of story you know for example i would do uh i would just make it try to try to make it be comedic as possible so you're talking about creative writing yes mm -hmm. dang that's cool i took creative writing class in uh college actually and i enjoyed that a lot yeah so that was your creative outlet was the creative mm -hmm. writing it, was at class. Eight, it was at eight in the morning though so i kind of so you couldn't be that creative at eight in the morning yeah, it was really <laughs> badly planned yeah. So. Uh, anyway, I, I actually have one of these English stories that I wrote in senior year right here on my phone. Do you want to? Do you think I should just tell it to the audience? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do. You seem really I, up for I this. I had to think about that one. Okay. Also, the smoke was just distracting me. Right. <sighs> Man. All right. Good. <sighs> Jesus Christ. All right. All right. Yeah. Take it away. So the name of this, uh, the name of the story is Quest for the Yam God. Uh, basically, basically the prompt we were—I remember this. Yeah, the prompt we were given is we had to make an African fable, and the only the only parameters were there had to be a moral. All right, I want you to keep that in mind. There had to be a moral for the story. So what that makes was the it only African? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Quest for the Yam God. There was once a little boy named Little Wanye. <laughs> little Wanye had a fairly simple life. He didn't really do anything peculiar or out of the ordinary. He was 14, he had long hair, and he never wore a shirt. Little Wanya's family consists of him, his mother, his father, and his youngest brother. The younger brother is irrelevant to the story, so I don't need to talk about him. <laughs> Same with the mother. That was not really a joke, but okay. Uh, Little Wanya's father, who was, of course, named Big Wanya, <laughs> was a yam farmer. Big Wanya was an extremely hard-working man. Each year, he would single-handedly tend to the yam crop day in and day out. At night, he would pray to the almighty Yam God. So Big Wanya's got the yams. He was very serious about the yams, as well as a very honorable man, <laughs> who uh, never did anything wrong. One year, at the beginning of the yam season, a pack of wolves broke into the Wanye family's compound and ripped their entire yam field to shreds. Great suddenness wafted over the family. <laughs> what? Uh, Big Wanye was devastated. He fell into a deep depression, and Lil Wanye watched it progress further and further every day until he couldn't bear to watch it anymore. He determined that what he would do was find the Yam God and ask why he has done this. 
to such an honorable man as his father. So wow. one night, he snuck out, and no commentary, please. Sorry. So one night, he snuck it. Please, uh, please be taking notes as well. Okay. So one night, he snuck out and began his mission. He first visited Crombopulus Mountain. <laughs> he traveled all the way to the peak where he encountered not the Yam God, but a wise traveler. His name was Lil Chano of the 79th tribe. Do you understand that? <laughs> That's uh, Chance the Rapper. Yeah, that used to be Chance the Rapper's uh, Twitter name, kind of. That's Lil, pretty cool. Lil, Ch Lil Chance on the 79th Street. Uh, uh, yes. Wise one, asked, um, asked Lil, Lil Wanye, do you know where I can find the Yam God? Head west. It is there you will find what you are looking for. Yes, sir. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we got some mints. I mean, nice. mint, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Thank you, said Lil Wanye. He began to leave. Wait, boy, called Lil Chano. I have something for your journey. He pulled out a black cap with a big white three on the front. Here, take this cap that I made. It should remind you of the three essential characteristics you'll need to complete your journey. Optimism, hard work, and patience. Lil Wanye took the cap, looked at it for a minute, and then handed it back to Lil Chano. I do not want this. What? Why not? I look bad in caps. Oh, I bet you do, responded Chano, sarcastically. What? It's true. I, I, I look bad in caps. What's the issue? No, 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 I, I get it. You think it's an ugly cap and you don't want to hurt my feelings. That's preposterous. It's just not true. Are we going to have a problem here? We ain't got zero problems, big fella. Okay. Okay, good. Thank you for your help. And so, Lil Wanye headed west until he came across a village appropriately named Village of the West. <laughs> At the entrance of the village stood a man. As Lil Wanye approached, the man asked, Who are you, traveler? I am Lil Wanye, and who, sir, are you? My name is Kanye of West. What is your business here? I am in search of the great Yam God. Do you know at all of his whereabouts? I personally do not, but the young kids may have a the young kings may have a, be able to point you in the right direction. I will take you to them. Kanye of West walked Lil Wanye through the village. As Lil Wanye observed the townspeople, he noticed very few of them moved. They almost looked like mannequins. They came to a great temple with a sign outside stating that the area was indeed a no flex zone. <laughs> You must go in. They can help you, Kanye West informed Lil Wanye, and walked off. Lil Wanye ventured into the temple, immediately noticing how unclean it was. As with this, as with his first step, a trail of black beetles ran across his foot. He walked down a long hallway before he arrived at a pair of thrones with two teenagers sitting at each. Who are you two? We are the Rai Sromerd brothers. That's just the laziest, the laziest name. <laughs> And we rule this village. What do you want? No flags. Zone. I am in search of the powerful Yam God. Do you two brothers know where he could be? We do, said the brother. The last I heard, he was living in a cave in the mountain range south of here. Yes, said the other brother. Here, the brother handed a jar holding what looked like a pink slime. It's really hard to get a grip of the sides of the mountains, as they are so steep. So take this <laughs> jar of shleem. Stick the shleem to the bottom of your feet, and you won't even you won't even be tripping, dog. Wow, great, this is awesome, what a great invention. Did you guys make this? No, Mike Will made it. Oh. Lil Wanye left the village first thing in the morning and continued his quest. When he got to the mountain range, he put on the shleem and ventured in, <laughs> he ventured in search of the all-wonderful yam god. Yo, I need some shleem. He finally found, say, don't we all, uh, he finally found the cave almost two days after looking. He was elated. He finally had found the Yam God's lair. He could hardly wait to confront him and ask why his father had been punished in such a, a bad harvest. Lil Wanye walked into the cave, which seemed to form a long sort of hallway. 
Eventually, there was a door at the end of the hallway. He opened the door, stepped inside, and quickly realized that he was in the kitchen. Yams everywhere. No! And suddenly, there he was, sitting at the table. The yam god himself. Oh, my word. You are the yam god, aren't you? <laughs> yes, it is true. I am the yam god. But I prefer to be called, and uh, I did some research for this, for the class, um, for an official way to say this. It's this. Yeah, so, um... <laughs> Mine in two chains. Uh, so now, why, why have you visited me, son? Two chains. My father is a great and honorable man. Why have you punished him in such a wildly unsuccessful harvest? What has he done wrong? Don't question what. Don't question what I do, boy. With a flick of two chains' wrists, hundreds of yams began to pelt Lil Wanya. <laughs> this continued for three minutes before Lil Wanya fell to the floor and died. Pelted by yams. What's the moral of the story, you ask? The answer is that I'm not really sure. Never meet your heroes, I guess? Don't question the Yam God unless you want a terrible <laughs> Yam-related death? I'm not sure. The end. I got a 92 on that assignment. <laughs> Dan, they didn't reward your creativity. No, they did. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have a moral. You should have I still got an A in the project. <laughs> Dan, that was amazing. Yeah, the whole No, we're all clapping for you, Dan. Oh, yeah, many, many people. We're all clapping for you. Many claps. Yeah. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, I don't think uh, I don't think acting or storytelling. <laughs> no, Dan, Dan, I don't think you should act, but I do think you should absolutely write stories. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty good. Or at least I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I used to do it a lot more. Have kind of dropped off a lot recently in college. Yeah, and in like high school, I would I would write. As long, actually, Danny probably remembers this. We t mentioned Danny earlier. Danny, our good friend. She, um, I used to write, in middle school, I used to write stories in, like, tutorial, and I would just give them to her to read. That's pretty sick. Yeah. yeah. Dan, okay, you gotta do creative writing yeah. ASAP. Mm. You gotta do creative writing ASAP, and you gotta go yam. I have, I, the thing with that is I've looked for creative writing classes to do, but I'm just, I changed to accounting too quick. Or, sorry, too, too late. late. So yeah. I, I just have to get the, the main thing. Hey, it's okay. It's thinking. okay. The viewers don't give a shit about We're getting that. way too serious. Dan, yeah. what they care about is that you go yam, mm -hmm. you find your future, and, the and you god. make it big. Uh, and I become the yam god myself. Yeah. yeah. Big yam god, Danny Sheehan. All right, nice. See you guys next week.